This is PhotoBizX, episode number 491, and today we are talking two distinct styles of photography. One is graduation, university graduation photography, and pet photography. Both are being done very successfully by the same photographer, and he's sharing exactly how he does it. Our special guest is Belfast photography studio owner, Graham Crichton, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, photographer, interviewer, and host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you grow a better photography business. I know you're going to love today's interview with Graham and what it reminded me of when I was recording this one was just how diversified our industry can be when it comes to building a successful business. I think you're going to love what we dive deep into with Graham in this one. Whether or not you have any interest in photographing university graduates or pets for that matter, there are going to be a ton of takeaways for you in this one. So stick around for that. It's coming up in a minute. If you didn't catch last week's interview with Katrina Ferguson, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one. The feedback has been phenomenal. Uh, Katrina described it as a pants down look at her business. And look, to be honest, she was amazing in this interview. Not only did she open the curtains to her business, including the numbers that she's generating, she also shared how they made her feel insecure, that they made her feel like she wasn't achieving what she could be. But she also talked about the balancing act of running a household, looking after her kids, at the same time trying to build the kind of business that she is super proud of. No matter where you are in your business, there is no doubt you've been where Katrina is right now. And one thing is super clear, what she shared resonated with so many listeners. So again, get back and have a listen to that one if you haven't heard it yet. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Just before we jump into this interview with Graham, I want to, well, I was going to say remind you, but you probably don't need reminding at this point that it's Black Friday coming up at the end of the week. Now, what that means is sales, 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 everywhere and it's no different with photo biz x i have not only the 12 month membership on special at 40 percent off every course that's ever been presented on photo biz x is on sale most of them are 40 percent off some are 50 percent off and they include the facebook ads course the photography pricing masterclass the lead generation from Expos Masterclass. Now remember that one because it's going to be super relevant after you hear what Graham shares about how he generates so many of his leads. There's also the Lead Ads Training for Photographers course. That's 30% off. The Profitable Book Projects for Photographers course and the Facebook Competitions for Photographers course. They're all on special. You can find details about all those over at photobizx.com forward slash Black Friday. Now, the sale is running for the complete week. It'll finish at midnight on Monday, the 28th of November, 2022. Oh, and just quickly, if you are an existing premium member on the $20 per month membership, 
make sure you check out the 12-month membership because you will save 50% of what you're paying right now. So you can get the 12 months for $120. Plus, if you've made a $20 payment this month, November 2022, let me know and I will refund that $20 payment. So you can basically jump in for $100 for the next 12 months. And once you're on that plan, it automatically renews at that same special price. You don't need to do anything else to jump into the Black Friday special next year, for example. You stay on that special price, which is the cheapest form of premium membership you can get for PhotoBizX. So again, all the details of all the different special prices on all the different courses and the membership are at photobizx.com forward slash Black Friday. Oh, and just quickly, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Graham. I am saving a portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news is you can get access to the full interview and the full back catalogue for as little as $1 with a trial membership. You can find more details about that at photobizx.com forward slash try or Do yourself a massive favor, go and check out the Black Friday specials page and grab a 12-month membership where you can get 40% off the regular 12-month membership or pay 50% less than the monthly membership. And you can find that page at photobizx.com forward slash Black Friday. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a people and pet photographer with a street front and purpose-built studio in Belfast, Northern Ireland. If you watch his studio walkthrough and welcome video online, you'll see his beautiful studio space, including a shooting, a sales and a post-production and printing areas. Everything looks to be done in-house. In addition to being the birthplace of the Titanic, Belfast is a popular university city, which means there looks to be a solid market for graduation photos as well for both the graduates and their families. Now, today's guest started from a spare room in his home in 2005 when weddings and engagements were hit the initial focus. He opened his first portrait studio in 2015 and this year moved into the beautiful new space with a sizable investment. I'm talking about Graham Crichton of Graham Crichton, the people and pet photographer, and I'm wrapped to have him with us now. Graham, welcome. Thank you, Andrew, and thank you for pronouncing my surname correctly as well. I appreciate that. <laughs> what do you normally get, Crichton? Oh, I, I get called Crichton, 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 all, all sorts of things. When I walk into a restaurant, I just say table for Graham, and that, uh, <laughs> that tends to work. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Belfast for the listener that doesn't know. I was lucky enough to visit there a few years ago and had a wonderful time. What kind of market is it? Belfast, it's an odd city because Northern Ireland is like a microcosm of, of the UK. It's We're a little bit backwards, a bit, to be honest. But it is very different from other cities, major cities in the United Kingdom. So we're very small and it's a small population. Northern Ireland itself has a very small population. It's mostly made up, Northern Ireland, the demographics, mostly 70% government employees as well. For our populations, it's very heavily reliant on that. But we're very small. It's more like a town, really. And if you've been there before, you'll know it's more like a town than a city. It has a, it has a town vibe about it. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly how it felt, like a large town, but a beautiful town as well. I mentioned the university there, and I had the chance to walk through the grounds, and it is a spectacular university. I mentioned that in the intro. Is that or do they provide a big part of the business for you? Well, normally, no. The funny thing is they did last year for us because everything was closed. So when the universities closed down, I'm more of a business person than I'm a photographer. 
So I like to keep thinking ahead. And when the universities closed down, I bought all of the gowns for all of the local universities. So it meant that we were the only people in Northern Ireland that had every gown that you could have. So we ended up with um, close to 2,000 graduates coming through our door in a four-month period. Wow. So it was massive. And as a result of that, we're still seeing people coming in. And we're seeing people who'd been out last year who have family and friends who'd been out who are now coming in as well. So it's, I think that'll keep going. Hopefully it'll keep going for a while. Fantastic. So just tell me, it was closed because of COVID. That's why the university was closed. Yeah. The universities were closed. They weren't doing graduations or when they were doing, when they did reopen for graduations, they were very limited on the numbers of people, for example, that you could have. I used to work for one of the major companies that does graduations in the UK as well. Uh, I used to freelance for them. So I know what the university experience was. So whenever we went about creating our graduation experience, we made sure that it was better than what the universities were. So a lot, it was more relaxed and people could see their pictures, things like that. This is so, all right, I want to dive down this rabbit hole straight away, but just so we establish sort of a little bit more about you and your business, I said you're the people and pet photographer. So just tell me, how is the business, I guess, structured or split up between the different genres? Well, I don't really know because uh, that probably means I need to know what I'm talking about. And I don't really know what I'm talking about. But uh, our primary core business is dog photographs, so dog portraiture. So high-end dog portraiture is our core business. We do other elements of it. So I still do headshots for actors, models, Tinder. Even you get people coming in for Tinder photos. Um, we do family portraits. We even do passport photos. We have people that just walk in just for a passport photo. So I haven't forgotten that those elements still exist. I'm a believer in don't put all your eggs in one basket. So we do different component parts as well, but it's primarily dogs are our core business. Well, okay. And then, so the graduates, do they make up, I mean, they sound like they make a large portion, or they did. They did not, They did last year make up a good proportion. In fact, the amount of money that we made off just doing that paid for the whole studio to get the whole place out, two years rent up front, that kind of thing. It was all done just from the graduates, pretty much. So it was, it was terrific. Wow. Okay. You talked about keeping the studio going, and I mentioned that you did make a sizable investment to take on the new studio. What kind of revenue are you doing? At the moment, yeah. Uh, so we take we take about on just under a quarter million uh, so in, a, in a year. Fantastic. Okay. And is it just you and your wife Hannah, or is there more people in the business? No. Well, it, it's I take all the photos, so I do the photos and I do the sales sessions. So my wife Hannah is our finance director, and then we also have an employee, Jasmine, who's our marketing coordinator. Uh, Jasmine started recently with us. She moved over from England uh, just to come and work for us, which was lovely. Unreal. Wow. So she set up home in Belfast once she got the job with you or she arrived in Belfast and then found the job? No, she said she got the job and then moved to Belfast, but she was looking to move to Belfast anyway. But she, God love her, she's trying, uh, she's only just found a house because getting houses over here is crazy. You can't find houses for love and money. So she's only just, she's uh, been living with friends for a couple of months with her entire contents of her car or of her house in her car, which is quite funny. <laughs> so good. Wow. Okay. It sounds like you have an incredible business. And we're talking about, you know, when you say quarter of a million, that's UK pounds. Yeah, sterling. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. So for the listener, you can pretty much double that if you're in Australia, maybe not quite at the moment. And I think half again for or close to for US dollars. So Graham, tell me about the gowns. When you say you went in and purchased all the gowns, is that from the university that they would normally use for graduates at the celebration? So I don't know about other countries, but over here, universities use very specific gowns. It's usually tied up by the company. So there's there's about four different large companies that deal with graduation. So the universities do not run the graduations. They're run by private companies. So whenever you book a graduation portrait at your university, you're not actually paying the university, you're paying the graduation company. And the graduation companies, it's like school photography. They pay a hefty cut of their profits to the university. 
So one university, for example, Ulster University, is very locked down. Their company, their company also knew who I am. So when I tried to purchase from them, they wouldn't sell them to me. So we had to go out different ways of doing that. But the other university, they have a supplier in Dublin who we purchased them from. And we purchased like around £20,000 worth of dice. It was a lot of, uh, quite a sizable investment of gowns that we purchased. Well, okay, so when I think about a university gown and when I've seen the photos, it's generally like a, a full-length black gown. It's a, are these different to that? No, so the, the black gowns are usually traditional. Masters have a different gown from bachelor's degrees, but the hoods are the unique part, which is the bit that goes over the gown. And they're unique in colour and materials to the university. So that tells you what course the person did and what university they went to. Some universities will have a single one. Other universities, like our local university that you're referring to, Queen's, they have a multitude, like more than most other universities. So if you want to get your holes, if you want to get your hands on those gowns, you've got to buy a lot of them. So we have we've uh, lots and lots and lots of gowns. <laughs> So tell me about the thought process and what went into this idea of purchasing all the gowns. Because I imagine you would have had to go to Hannah, the finance director, and say, I want to invest £20,000. Well, we did it. So what we did was actually the whole thing was very fortunate. I'd been looking for a while and trying to obtain these things is very difficult because you have to know who you need to go to. And nobody ever wants to talk about that in this industry. So whenever we went to do it, we I, was, um, I found a guy, um, there was a guy, we'd been searching for them. We couldn't find any suppliers that would talk to us. And then we found a guy contacted me who was retiring from his business. He had a heart attack. He was retiring. And he uh, he phoned me up and uh, said, "Would you be interested in buying these?" And I said, "Yeah, of course." And now they were they were quite they were old they were quite worse for wear, so we bought these and that got us then into to starting to do this. So we had a range of I think we had about a dozen or something like that of these, and, the, and we and I bought them often for four hundred pounds. It was an absolute steal. And I know another one of our competitors she had been approached and wanted to only buy one of them, but he wanted to sell them as a set, which was really lovely, actually. So we bought this complete set off. And then once you know who they're made by, et cetera, then you can go down different avenues. So we bought what we needed as we went along. And then once we realized that it was actually going to really take off, we then thought, right, we need to go heavy on this and go hard on it. So we then, I made a list of all of the gowns. I researched what they were. The information for this is actually really easily accessible, which is nice. You can look up the universities. So we knew exactly what we were looking, and then we were able to then buy them as we went along. But we've now, like for Queen's University, we've got every every conceivable degree in going, including postdoctorates. And I even I actually had to phone my sister up because somebody phoned me up one day and said, uh, "Do you do medicine?" And I said, "No, I haven't got a gown for that." And she said, "Yo, you do, you do, you definitely do. I'm looking, you do." And I said, "No, no, I don't." And then I said, "I'll go and ask my sister." And I went. My sister's a doctor, so I went and asked my sister and said, "Tracy, are you a real doctor?" And uh, she went, "No, I'm actually a fake doctor because doctors here aren't actually doctors; they're bachelors." So uh, she was able to tell me, "Oh yeah, sure enough, I do have that." So yeah, it was that's how it was. But we knew whenever we bought all these gowns because of the volume of people that we're talking about. I know other people that locally would say that they had the guns when they didn't. And what they would do would be color change. So they would change colors in post-production. But to do that would have just, on the volume of people that we were talking about and the time frame would have been absolutely impossible. You couldn't have you couldn't have done it. So you needed to have the actual things. What sort of volume are you talking about? Oh, I have absolutely no idea. Well, it was that was around 2,000 sessions. And there was... Oh, wow. Most of them were more than one graduate per... They would bring their... So we ran promotions where they would bring their friends and things. So... I was doing, let me see, what was it? It was from about seven o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week for four months. Get out. And there were no breaks. Really? Yeah, there were no <laughs> breaks. 
And I remember the accountant phoned and said, we need a meeting. And I said, well, um, I could fit you in in three months' time at 11 a.m. on this day. And that was literally... But we didn't expect when that started. I didn't expect that to go as crazy as it had. I had planned that if it had gone crazy, we would have been prepared. So a lot of what we've done is automation. So people book themselves in. We use a system called Pixify. And if people who run businesses have never used Pixify, seriously, have a look at it. It's absolutely fantastic. And we couldn't have run the entire operation without Pixify. Wow. So the students or the graduates, they don't generally buy the part of the gown that you sourced. They actually rent that from the photographer, do they? They normally, you, you wouldn't, normally you wouldn't even go to a photographer. Normally you would go to the university and the university have, in quotes, photographers that have studios then set up and you would go to the university and have your photograph taken. They try and lock it down as much as they can because they don't want people outside people doing that. And if you go to the university, my experience of it and in my opinion, and from what our customers tell us of their experience, it's you've got a couple of minutes to get your photograph taken. It's not a terribly personal service. Right. So, but the graduate never actually owns that part of the gown that's unique to their degree. No. They would hire them for 24 hours. But that also means when you do hire them, they're not necessarily in the best shape as well. For sure, yeah. So you, you have all these gowns. Sorry, what did you call the piece that goes over the shoulders? That's called a hood. I'm sounding very technical here. That, that's called a hood. <laughs> so you, did you actually purchase the whole gowns or you just yep. purchased the hoods? No, we have gowns, we have motorboards, we have hoods. The whole shebang. You can come and um, the whole shebang. Okay, so you have this big investment. You've got all these hoods, gowns, the whole shebang. How do you get in front of the students or the families to let them know that, hey, Graham Crichton Photography is here? We found initially it was Facebook. Uh, so Facebook advertising. And we hit Facebook advertising very hard so that it was in front of everybody and you couldn't miss it. We did that initially. And then once one graduate finds out that there, once one person in a class finds out that they're going somewhere and they're happy, they tell all their friends and then even entire class. So, and then parents talk as well, because it's it's the parents that book, not the, not the kids. The kids couldn't give two flying monkeys about having the graduation photos taken for the most part. It's the parents that want the graduation photos. So word of mouth is a tremendous tool. Right, okay. So I'm actually looking at one of your, you're running one of these ads right now. So is it graduation time now or these just run all year round now? I, uh, we have ads. I don't know what ads we run because I don't do them because ah. Jasmine does them and she does a tremendous job. But we have ads that run all year round. But then you, so depending on the time of year, we'll hit certain ads harder or we'll aim them at specific people. So there's different campaigns. So for us, start of November is now starting to become grad season for your winter graduations. So we started to market towards those things uh, starting from the start of November, which is now actually, yeah. Right, okay. And I can see the, the ad that I'm looking at, the Jasmine probably put together. I mean, there's no sort of special discount. It's not, you're not talking about pricing. It's just you're selling the benefits of coming to your studio. You know, the fact that you yeah. skip the queues, you know, you're going to get great photos. You've got all the gowns and hoods included. So all the different benefits you just mentioned, when do they start to see pricing? Or I know you say sessions from 25 pounds, including the gown. So yeah. obviously it goes up from there. It does. So usually the graduates, it works in the same way as the universities would work in that you pay a session fee or a, a fee to hire your gown in that case, which they would call it. Uh, we charge a session fee and then we also have products. So it's like school photography in that we would have packs and they're very much based on the way the university companies would do it. It's more expensive than the university companies would do it, but the service that we offer is a premium service. Okay. And so when you say university companies, that's the photographer studio hired by the university or the university getting kickback from? No. So the university will get a, a 
a kickback, and that kickback could be something up to 50% of the money taken by these companies. Wow. So it's university graduations to universities are millions of pounds. They're not a few quid. It's millions of pounds. They have a vested interest. This is why the universities were particularly keen to get graduates back after COVID, and they were particularly keen to get them through the doors as quickly as possible. COVID was an annoyance to the universities. Um, the university companies then, they will take a session fee, and then about half of that will go to the university. So they all bid. Each of these companies will bid to the university. And a university, a company could lose a contract like that. I've seen these companies lose contracts like that. And that's a sizable investment, obviously, for the companies because they have to buy all the guys too for them. So the, these guys come out to us. So we're pushing that it's a more premium experience because the price is more expensive, but they don't have to queue. They can see their pictures as they're being taken on a large screen. They can tell me if they're not happy. They don't have just two minutes for the photo. If they look like a piece of rubbish, we fix it so they don't look like a piece of rubbish. They can have retouching. They can have a cup of coffee. You know, we're not trying to push a million people through the door in 15 minutes. So it's a, it's a nice personal experience. And in it last, sessions last an hour, but in that, that person's the most important person in the building for that hour that they're there. Okay, so even though you're shooting from morning till night, you're spending time with each of these clients. Yeah, we would spend an hour with each person or family. So it sounds like, is it like a headshot style uh, photography session where you do the photos, they see the images as they're shot or just after, immediately afterwards and make the purchase then and there? Yeah, so it's an entire, uh, it's, um, I'm trying to think, well, an all-inclusive uh, kind of, uh, so it's one, this, everything's included in the session in that they come in, you have a meet and greet, you say, hi, how are you doing? You talk to the parents, you do small talk, you get the graduate dressed up into what they're, you check first off that their degree is what they said their degree was, because you can always put somebody in the wrong gown. You get them dressed in the gown, so we would fix them up so they are dressed. And this is one person does this, by the way. It's, it was, I had a, a friend of mine who's a, a very um, very good photographer. On days that it, we just thought it was too much, he would come in and he would shoot, and then I would sit and do the printing. So they would come in, have the session. As they're having their photos taken, so you start off with the graduate, as they're having the photos taken, they appear on a large TV screen for them to see. The family can have a look if they want. They can poke over the monitor or they can leave the room. Most like to have a wee look, particularly grannies. Uh, so they have the photos. Then we add extra people into it. So you build up, you add the families. And as I'm going through each person, I will do maybe with a, with a mortarboard without and say to them, what do you think? And pick your favorites. So we whittle it down there and then and capture one. And then at the end of the session, we would show them the pictures that they've picked to choose from. And then they would order. So we've pre-printed order forms that are carbon copied and they would tell me what they want to order. I would write the image numbers down. And then dependent on time, we also offered same day printing, which we would do as well. So that, And the same day printing could sound like a headache, but if you've got a workflow, you can do that. You can have somebody in, have the images taken, have them choosing the images, have the entire thing printed. And remember, this is during COVID, having to steam gowns to ensure that they were clean and also clean studio for the next person to come in and disinfect. And we could do that all within an hour. And then it would still give us five minutes at the end of a cup of coffee before the next person. <laughs> so when in the stage or in the process, do the family actually see the prices of the different packages? So they see them beforehand. So on the website, they can download a copy of the brochure that has the information in it. If they download it from the website, it also puts them into a lead workflow, which is an automated lead workflow. So it contacts. They're handed a copy of the price list as well when they come in. So the family can mull over it while the graduates have started so that it doesn't take as much time at the end. Um, and they can say, most people have a fair idea when they come in what they want, particularly if they've got previous kids. So they'll, they'll have measured prints and stuff like that. 
the entire operation, whether it be graduates or family or pet portraits, were extremely transparent pricing. I would say more so than most photographic studios, because if somebody can't afford you, they can't afford you. And you don't want to be wasting anybody's time or making somebody feel bad because they can't afford you. For sure, for sure. Do you do anything to encourage, you know, the family, like you mentioned grannies, you know, looking over their shoulder. Do you do anything to encourage the whole families to come in or is that just a done thing in Ireland? No, no, you do. Um, well, as you know yourself from coming to Belfast, we have banter. So normally, normally there would be one person you would pick on from a group. So that's usually a dad or a granddad and you would just keep mocking them the entire time. And that then there's banter that goes on because those people, they're not coming out for photographs. They're coming out for in that particular case during COVID. They were coming out for something they missed. They felt robbed of their child's graduation being cancelled because their, their kids had worked hard. And they want to be part of it. People in Northern Ireland want to be part of everything um, because they're very proud of their kids, particularly if it's the first kid to go to university. They're extremely proud. So grandparents and people, they want to be part of this. This is why they want to come along. So you make them part of it. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what type of shoot we do. The people who come, we make them, it's all about people. It's not about photographs. Right. Graham, just on a side note, I said Ireland then without saying Northern Ireland. Is that something I would get picked up? Like, did you notice that straight away? Uh, no, I didn't, but there are people who would. So yes, you have a touchy subject there, but there are, there are people who would, uh, would definitely burn you out of your home for that, uh, but other people don't really care. Okay, right, okay. So it is a different country, isn't it? Northern Ireland is part of... It, it, oh gosh, we could, we could start getting very political. Uh, right, so yes, there is... Well, Ireland isn't a country. The Republic of Ireland is a country, and Northern Ireland is a country, but the island is Ireland. So that's... Right. Okay, so if I say Ireland, I'm actually referring to Ireland and Northern Ireland together. Yes. Right. Okay. Got it. But again, you could offend. It depends on interpretation, but strictly speaking, yes, that's the case. Okay. And Northern Ireland is part of, would you say, the British Empire? Is that correct? No, I wouldn't. Even Australia is not part of the British Empire. That died a long time ago, but the 1950s. Uh, we're part of the United Kingdom. United Kingdom, right. Okay. The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. So we get plugged on at the end there. Just We're always forgotten. <laughs> not today. Not today. Unless they want taxes. If they want taxes, we're not forgotten about. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you mentioned same-day printing, and I also mentioned it in the intro, and I saw it in your welcome video that you have like you said, it wasn't a headache. Was it a headache to get set up initially? It was a headache because I knew nothing about printing before we'd started it. But I knew that trying to do what I was trying to achieve by ordering from labs would be a disaster because you'd have, you would also have so many hundreds of prints that you would need somebody to be managing. So it was much easier to just spend a lot of money buying a printer. But the first printer that we bought wasn't really suitable. It was good enough. The quality was good enough, but it wasn't really... It was a, a TM200, so it was a plot, what you call a plotter, rather than a photo printer. And it then inherently, it, it had problems. So our old studio, we had problems with dust. So if you get dust on the paper, you're going to have specs. So it was quite, it was a bit of a problem because then we were having to troubleshoot what was going on. But once, and again, like when we started, we were using very thin paper. We didn't know anything about paper. And then you would crease things easy and then you have to reprint stuff. So it was, that was a bit of a headache. But once you got into it and knew what you were doing. So I, I used a piece of software called QImage or Quimage or something like that. It's kind of like Canon's version of their printer software that would lay out the page for the most efficient space on the page so you don't waste paper. Um, but it was a hell of a lot cheaper and it does everything we need to do and it's fast. And the developer seems quite responsive to things. Okay. And then, so what's the actual printer that you're using these days? Is it a... The printer, you, it's an Image ProGraph 2100. 
So it's a Canon, a Canon printer. So it's it's their it's their, their image graph line. Okay, right. So it's an inkjet printer. Yes, it's an inkjet printer. Right. Okay, right. So you take your photos from your editing software, mm-hmm. which you said it's not Photoshop. Is are you using Photoshop or are you using? Are you Lightroom? Okay, right. Lightroom, and then you take it from there into Q Image, and then it does the layout. Yeah. So the photos are shot directly to a computer in the studio on with Capture One. There's no editing goes on on that machine. Then the images, only the images that are purchased are copied in the office to the workflow machine, to the editing machine. We have, um, what do you call them, presets, I think you call them mm-hmm. in. So I've created a preset because graduation photos should pretty much all look identical. The, the style that we have gone for is exactly the same style as the university. So that means that it looks like you've gone to the university. Because if you go to, well, now we do offer other packages where they will have fine art lighting, but most people want their pictures to look like they went to the university. So we, we have a particular style for that. But they edited then on that machine and then they're sent to the their output. And we have, we have actions for our presets for what the image should look like. And then I tick off as I go what, what images I'm working on so we can keep track. And I've got presets for the file names. So it'll be the file name plus then whatever the size of print and the quantity is. So it tells us when we go to print it how many we need to print and what the sizes are. And then it's sent to NQ image. It's sent in as to the printer itself. Wow. Okay. So this all happens like within that hour that the client. Within an hour. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because of all these presets and automation. So that's right. Yeah. So if you have an issue then with the print, say there's dust or, you know, have some kind of issue with one of the inks, then do you just post those images, those photos to the client? Yeah, so if you're having something you would say to people, we did actually, we had when we had the TM200, we had a big problem where we had dust. And that meant we, for five days, had to not print. And that was a big worry because you were talking hundreds of orders and we had to then get caught up in that. But what we did when we realized the problem, we had an engineer out, the engineer couldn't do anything. And then we took the decision to get rid of that printer and order a new printer. Mid-season. Uh, this was in June. Right in the middle. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, that was the big worrying thing. So it was in the June. Yeah, and the grad season here runs June, July, August, you know, the main season. So we had the printer and we had to wait to the middle of July because we also like to march in this country. So as you know, uh, very political again, and everything shuts down So for a few days. So that was a bit of a, a pain. So we ordered this printer, we got it then. And it obviously, I remember actually it was quite funny because our old studio was very small and the printer was being delivered and I was in the middle of shooting a graduate and these guys were walking past in front of me with the printer trying to get it in because it had to come in one door. And so I've had to say to the graduates, one moment as these guys, these workmen are working past me with this, this giant printer, having to manage to get it through a door, which was quite funny. And we knew that they had to do it then. There was no time. You know, we, we didn't have any time otherwise. So yeah, they, they installed this printer. And then, but that meant then we could start again. So that meant Hannah and I staying on later, like two or three in the morning, printing to get caught up. We would post stuff out to some people, but I try not to because Royal Mail always destroy what you post. Right. No matter how well you wrap it. Plus, it's also expensive to post. Our post is very expensive. So we try not to post stuff out where we can, which is why I thought if we turn them around quickly, plus you can charge additional for same day printing, even though it's... you. So you offer it as an upsell when in fact, actually, it's a convenience for us, not for the customer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, I mean, it sounds like a nightmare, but I can see that it makes total sense at the same time once you have the workflow all sorted. So when you print out a large format print, it's got multiple images on that one print, say a 20 by 30 or whatever it is, then you have to cut that up manually. You do. So we, we've a, a big, uh, what is it? It's um, 
A1 or A0 or something like that paper, I can't remember, um, paper cutter. In fact, we went through two of them. The first one that we'd been running so hard, we, you know, you, you go backwards and forwards with this thing. We managed to actually break the first one and then they also had to reorder one of them. Luckily, Amazon Prime exists, but we had a day of using a broken paper cutter, trying to making sure we could cut these things with a broken paper cutter. Because most people don't have two giant paper cutters. You've nowhere to store the flipping thing. So yes, everything comes into that and then we cut it all out manually. But if you're only, if you're talking session at a time, you're not talking 50 prints here. You know, you might be talking five prints. So, and it, because the software lines it up the most efficient way for you to cut, you're not having to, to, you can cut along lines with multiple prints. I did look into one of the machines to cut because there is, you can buy machines to do it. I can't remember what you call them, but you can buy a machine that will scan the page once it's printed and cut it out for you. But they're around £7,000 to wow. buy. So I figured £150 for a paper cutter and myself were a, bit, a better bet. A bit more affordable. <laughs> a bit more affordable, yeah. Although it does look cool. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it would. So tell me a little bit more about the pet side of the business, because that sounds like that's the, the real, where the meat and potatoes are. Um, the pet side, was that something that you discovered? And if so, how did you discover pets were going to be a, a profitable part of the business? I'm actually scared of dogs, which is an interesting one. But Get out. I, um, <laughs> the, pet side, the pet side came because somebody once just walked in one day and said to me, would you, uh, would you photograph a dog? And I didn't even really think that was a thing. And I said, yeah, I'll photograph a dog. And then once I'd done one, you've done thousands of dogs. Uh, it's just something I, it's something I just know how to do. But it wasn't that wasn't something I looked into doing. Right. So you didn't hear a podcast or see someone in a in a Facebook group talking about how profitable dogs were. I am not a fan of of groups. Although I'm a member of one particular group actually, and they have a really nice nice way about them. It's, it's one of it's a, a trainer, and she's a lovely way about her. But I've had a bad experience with mentors and gurus in the past. So I have very little, I, I, I don't, when I was a wedding, I was a wedding photographer originally. And when I was a wedding photographer, I wouldn't look at other people's wedding photographs because I thought it'll tarnish my take on somebody's wedding. So I've never really looked at photos. And like when I taught myself how to shoot weddings, I taught myself DP review. If you remember that website going back quite a while. I do. Yeah. Where you had to write questions. There was no YouTube. There was no videos. There was nobody, no mentors handing you or you saying, I can, I can teach you everything in 20 minutes if you hand me a load of cash. There was none of that. It was, uh, so you can probably tell I'm not a fan of, of that. But, um, so we, I, that was, that was just teaching myself really to do it. What was the bad experience you had with the, the coach or the mentor? I had a mentor who I'll not name, but I had a, a mentor who, um, we, we give money to, to help us to grow the business and we felt the advice was very poor that they gave us uh, so it all went to court and everything else and we won and that was lovely but um so i have very little faith in those people wow okay fair enough so someone literally walked in with a dog asked you to photograph the dog you realize it was profitable and then did you start advertising straight away or did they share with their dog friends back then i didn't know if it could be profitable or not because i wouldn't say i, I ran terribly good business then but um they they came out. We did theirs. They were very pleased. They spent money. That was lovely. We do in person selling, so it's it's for me. I think that's the only way. If you want to run a commercial studio, you can make a decent amount of money. So we did that, and then I got a friend of my brother's came in with their dog, and we we did some of that. And I'd done photos of our own dog, and then after that, you have a handful of pictures that people go, "Oh, that's really nice." And then more people just started booking us. But we then did different wee marketing exercises and things to and advertising and things like that to get people in. Right. So if I was to say to you, okay, you can only do one form of marketing to bring in 
dog owners from now on? Which one would it be? One form of marketing that dog owners? I would, I don't know. Um, I don't have much faith now, I must say, in social media. But personally, I prefer in-person meeting people. So trade shows would be my favorite way of, of doing it. I'm meeting people, meeting people at a trade show. So when you say trade show, is that like a, a show for dog owners or pet owners? No, uh, well, no, not even, not even that. I actually think they're probably the worst ones you could go to would be ones that are pet specific. For us, we do one here called Love Your Home, which for us works out really well. Okay, so a home expo. A home expo. So it used to be, I think, called the Ideal Home Exhibition, but a general purpose consumer show would be what you'd probably call that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you would take out a stand, you would purchase a space there at the expo? Yeah, so we, we, we'd rent a booth. Right. Okay. And so tell me, so people are coming through, they're looking at homewares and home design ideas, and then there you are with a pet photography booth. Yeah, because it, it gets people's attention. It's something lighthearted. It's something that people are walking along and they're seeing tiles or they're seeing kitchens and they're saying, oh, cute dogs. And it, it stands out. We, our previous design of stand, we built a, a big a dog kennel which looked like Clifford the Big Red Dog's dog kennel. It was a real cartoon-esque looking kennel. And it had a giant TV in the middle of it where the dog would normally go in the you know the, the, the door. Uh, and it would run a slideshow and it was cute. It was like this blue sky wallpaper and green grass and it looked really cute. See, because a lot of the work I do is very vibrant. Colors are, are very vibrant and cheery. So we thought that, that because our brand as well, we may be, we may be a high-end, portrait studio but the most important thing is the experience and that people have fun when they're there um so we're, we're not we don't take ourselves too seriously uh, but we take ourselves seriously enough because we know what we're doing but it's it's much more we're people people rather than we're stiff photographers selling portraiture if you know what i mean absolutely i mean i get that feeling from you know when i was in belfast that's how people are there i think so yeah i think i think people are like that all over as well true, there's a lot true. of there's a lot of people Excuse me one minute while I get uh, the door. The dog wants to go to the toilet, so bear, bear with me. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> dog, Andrew, dog. <laughs> You'll hear barking when he wants to come back in as well. And, uh, all good, all good. Oh, my God, he's so loud. He's uh, For his size, he's an incredible bark. I-, I could hear little scratching noises in the background, but it wasn't, it wasn't too loud. <laughs> you were thinking that was my wife or something like that? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Oh, so we're talking about the expos, Graham, and you know you're talking about you know being a people's person and sort of connecting that way. You talked about the big kennel style expo stand that you had. So was that just off to one side on the stand, and then then you and Hannah were there, sort of meeting and greeting people as they came through? Yeah, well, it's so I, we went. We've gone through. I used to do, as I said, weddings. I did wedding fairs for years, large scale wedding fairs. And so we had gone through iteration after iteration of how they would work. And I, I'm one of these people, I'm really anal and I will research the bejesus out of something. So I remember like in 2010 or whatever, it was sitting in coffee shops, just going through pages and pages and pages of wedding fairs, of wedding fair expo stand and just looking through pictures and pictures and pictures. And what we did over here, this side of the pond back then was nothing like people did um, for big shows for, for, for places like in America. Um, it was all just, you know, pipe and drape, or it would have been just shell scheme with some, something stuck on. There was nothing. People weren't building sets. And I thought, well, I came from a stage management background. I'm a qualified stage manager. Uh, so I used to work in doing West End shows and West End tours. So I come from that background of sets and things. So I, we always thought when we're building a, a show stand, it has to be something that gets people's attention, something that looks really fancy. 
because you've only got a few seconds to get people's attention at any of these gigs. So we thought, well, so we did that. So we went through really fancy sets whenever we did Wedding Fair. So we brought that over to whenever we did Pet Ones, that it would be something that would really get, that would look polished, look really polished, but get people's attention and be fun and vibrant. Most of our customers who book us, at least according to our reviews, and we have a lot of reviews, the people who book us are booking us because of us as people because they enjoy the experience. So it's really important that that comes through whenever they, people meet us at a trade show. They have to meet you. And it has to be, you know, you have to be, hi, how you doing? Even if you're tired, hi, how you doing? Uh, what's the name of your dog? You know, what brings you here? You joke with people, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. What is your number one goal at a trade show? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Graham, I've got one more question I want to ask you. This has been a, a real pleasure. I love everything you've shared. It's been a real eye-opener for me. I'm sure it has been for the listener as well. Before I ask you this last question, where is the best place for the listener to see more of your work, maybe see one or two of these videos and, and the things we've been talking about? I would go on to go to our website, um, wetelltales.com, T-A-I-L-S. If you go on to wetelltales.com, you'll find us there. I would say normally go on to something like Facebook, but we've been Vietnamese hacked and we haven't had control of our Facebook since the 7th of October. <laughs> and I'm going backwards and forwards with Facebook about getting this resolved and I don't think it's ever going to get resolved. So we've now had to look into starting a new page, oh, starting gosh. off with zero followers. So actually, if you want to go on, look up Graham Crichton Photography, not on Facebook, not Graham Crichton, the people in pet photographer on Facebook, and uh, click like. That would be uh, that would be very much appreciated because <laughs> I think we've zero followers. Well, I'll add links to those in the show notes. Just tell me, did you say we tell tales dot? Did you say dot com? We tell tales dot com and we tell tales dot co dot uk. T a i l s. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. Uh, that's I've got the spelling wrong there. So does that? I'm just I'm just going there now because does that uh, then redirect to Graham Crichton dot co dot uk? It does. Yeah, I think I think I might even redirect. I'm not sure where it redirects. It does definitely redirect somewhere. I, I own um, a phenomenal number of domain names, <laughs> like about a hundred different domain names of different different things. For- <laughs> That's so good. Lots and lots, which is annoying when it comes to renew them. I tell you that. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay, yes. Okay, so we, because I'm thinking, I did a, a bit of research before I recorded, before I got you on the call, and um, We Tell Tales, uh, that didn't come up because I was searching everything, Graham Crichton. Um, okay, but it's redirecting to GrahamCrichton.com. Got it. I gave that to you because I figured nobody could spell my name. Yes, that's so, that's so, because uh, to be honest, I had to <laughs> disclose you here. I had to watch one of your videos to see how to pronounce your name because I wasn't 100% sure either. <laughs> One of the things we're doing, um, uh, so we're looking at, at broadcast media at the minute, and um, one of the companies that does that, we were sitting yesterday talking about uh, how do you, how, well, how will people find us? Because my, my, I, never, I never thought about it. It was Jasmine said, she goes, now, Graham, Crichton's not exactly a very easy to spell thing. And I thought, oh, so we tried different variations to see, could you find us if you spelt it wrong? And the answer was, yes, you could. But uh, it did make us think for a moment. God, that's good. So have you got different domain names with different spelling of Crichton? We've got, yes, there are somewhere. Yes, Crichton and things like that. Yeah, yeah, we, wow. We've a load of different, I have domain names of, of Graham Crichton. Then we've domain names for things like the Northern Ireland dog photographer and thing, the dairy <laughs> dog. Loads of variations and lots of different domain names. So good. That's smart. I love that. That's so good. I but I don't I don't use ninety percent of them because I'm lazy. <laughs> I don't set them up. But, but I mean, all, all they need to do is point towards GrahamCrichton.com, and and you you know you're still using them. Yeah. 
Um, the, the last thing I was going to ask you, Graham, was you mentioned, uh, you might have said it, I didn't catch it. You said there's only one, you said you're not into groups, you don't like all those things, but there was one group that you do participate in or you do like. Which one, what was that? A Facebook group. You said there was one that I do like. I, I Sue Bryce, I think, I think she's a tremendously lovely way about her. And a very, it's not a mentory, it's not a guru, it's a very practical tell it how it is way of doing it. Her, her She's a very business oriented, sensible person. And I think it's just a very, it's a nice, it's a nice friend of group. Um, there's also another good one. I'll do a shout out. It's a very, it's a very different type of group, but there's hair of the dog, which is another one. If people are into pet photography, hair of the dog is nice. The people who run it are nice. It's a very, very different group from Sue Bright. Nicole, Nicole Begley. She's lovely. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's really <laughs> nice. Re- another really nice way about her as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Nicole's been on the show a couple of times and uh, fantastic photographer, a great businesswoman as well. I definitely, I definitely check that out. It's, it's, I think it's a free one. I think you can join it for free. They do have a premium one, which is really good. I think you can check it out for free. The Sue Bryce one you have to pay for. Fantastic. I'm going to link to both those as well. Obviously, your different social media accounts. I'm going to encourage the listener to go and like your page so we can get uh, get that seen by Facebook. Graham, massive thanks again for coming on and sharing everything you have. It's been a real pleasure. No problem. That was, that was really good fun, Andrew. Thanks very much. I enjoyed the crack. Come back and see us if you're back in Belfast. I'll buy you a pint. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Absolutely. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Graham as much as I did. I hope there were a ton of takeaways. Graham, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. I love the way you've built up the graduation side of your business and, of course, the pet photography side as well. Sounds like you really have created something special in your part of the world. And again, thanks so much for coming on and sharing what you did. For you, the listener, I hope I'm right in saying that there were a ton of takeaways and I hope you got something from both sides of Graham's business that he shared. If you do have a follow-up question for Graham, you can hit him up in the comments area of the show notes. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 491. Alternatively, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Graham into the members Facebook group so you can have easy access to him there if you have any follow-up questions or you just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did. Oh, and if you do check out the show notes, you'll see examples of Graham's beautiful work both the graduation images and his pet photography. Plus, I've got links to anything and everything that he mentioned all there in the show notes. An example of his sales ad, it's all there in that one spot, photobizx.com forward slash 491. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to check out the Black Friday specials page if you've had your eye on one of the courses from PhotoBizX. They're at photobizx.com forward slash Black Friday. And if you have any questions about any of the courses before you purchase, please shoot me an email. I'm happy to answer those or hit me up inside the members area if you're a premium member. If you've got questions about the premium membership and getting the rebate back if you've already paid something this month, let me know. You can reach me on email. It's andrew at photobizx.com. And of course, have fun shopping around. Uh, I'll be adding links to other Black Friday specials, photography-related specials inside the members' Facebook group. I'm going to encourage members to upload the details of different things that they see online as well, so we've got one spot there to share those. Whatever you do, try and spend responsibly. Try and only purchase the kind of things that you will be using in your business. And make sure they have a money-back guarantee as well. So if you don't find what you thought you were getting from whoever you bought it from, make sure you can get that refund if you need that. 
Alrighty, I'm going to jump online and go and see if I can find uh, some specials on some cycling and golf-related stuff. For me, I'm sure Linda's already gone crazy, bookmarking sites everywhere, the things that she wants. It's a crazy time of year. Enjoy the week, have fun, and I will talk to you next week. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 